Hello, hello, all of you beautiful writing people. Welcome to About This Writing Thing, a bi-weekly podcast about my writing life and things that I have learned along the way and continue to learn in, you guessed it, my writing life. I am your host, novelist and short story writer, Say Word B. Eller. You can also add MFA to that, as I did finally finish my MFA program. And I'm also editing again, uh, mostly line editing and developmental editing. That's kind of where my comfort zone is. So that's where I think I can be, that's where I can better serve my clients. So if you are interested in um, developmental editing and you can't find any one out there amongst the millions of other writers editing, <laughs> look me up at saywordbeller.com. I do have some testimonials up on the website and I have my rates up as well. So you can take a look at that. Now that the shameless self-promotion is up, oh wait, no, no it isn't because I have a short story that I am publishing in February. I haven't settled on the actual publication date yet, which I know seems probably dumb, but I am revealing the cover on February 1st on Instagram. So I hope that you will check that out. Now, now I'm finished with the shameless self-promotion. And I really should be revising right now because I am in the I should say, I mean, I'm not really in the midst. I've only edited, I've only revised the first few chapters of what I hope will be my second book and not my debut. Uh, so I'm supposed to be doing that right now, but instead I am procrastinating and recording a podcast episode because why not? I have discipline issues. <laughs> I was telling my, I have adult children, and I was telling my youngest daughter, she's my middle child, her and my oldest daughter do a podcast together, a true crime podcast. And my oldest daughter is very much a list maker. She's a taskmaster. She is very much like my sister, who is a taskmaster. Whereas my youngest daughter is very much like me, where we just kind of, show up and we want to get the thing done and we don't do a lot of preparation because we're just not disciplined enough and and we on some level refuse to become disciplined enough so this often affects my writing world my writing life because when I first start a project or when I first start revising a project, there's this part of me that's like, I don't want to do this, or I'd rather be doing this. And so I end up watching a lot of television, or I end up playing a lot of State of Decay 2, because that's my preferred video game. So in the first weeks of writing a new book, or I don't like to say book until I hit a certain word count, but in the first weeks of writing a new project and in the first <clears throat> in the first weeks of revising I tend to screw around a lot and I don't really put a lot of time in in the chair which is unfortunate 
<laughs> I wish I could say I'm doing something productive, like researching or whatever. But um, aside from the YouTube videos and the couple of books that I've read for research, I haven't been spending this time researching as I as I planned because I have the plan on my calendar beside my desk. It's right here. Begin revisions, complete revisions. And then I know February 1st, my calendar says start the new project, which I started early because I just could not. So I have on my calendar that I was supposed to begin revisions of my second book on January 10th. That was already two weeks later than I intended to start because I was editing a project for someone else. So I bumped my timeline to begin editing on January 10th. I edited the first, I, I'm sorry, I revised because I don't like to say edit because really what I'm in there to do is to, to, um, I'm really in there fixing story stuff. So, um, I <laughs> was supposed to begin revisions on the 10th and I did. I sat down and I did some work on the 10th and I did some work on the 11th and then I started writing, um, I <laughs> started working again on the new one and then on the 15th, I contracted coronavirus from my darling husband who contracted it from someone he came in contact with outside of the house, which you know all about from the last episode. So now it's the 24th of January and I <laughs> just like, do I have to really get in here and revise today because... I'm so not feeling this. I just want to go lay down on the sofa and watch television. I just keep checking HBO Max for the Gilded Age. It's supposed to come out today. And I'm like, just give me anything to do other than what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> so I now have seven days before my deadline that I set for myself to send my second book to my agent. And <laughs> I'm not. I'm not there, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do the work, but I'm not going to have fun, and that's that's the thing. <laughs> but what I'm going to do before I start working is I'm going to talk to you about this writing advice that isn't necessarily bad writing advice, but the way that it's interpreted oftentimes, especially by new writers, it can be bad writing advice because it can, I will, I'll tell you why. <laughs> First, let's talk about what the advice is. The advice is write for yourself. And I see this all over Twitter and I see it all over Facebook and I see it, um, well, you don't really see it on Instagram. At least I don't. But anyway, so I see it on social media. Write for yourself. Don't worry about what other people are saying. Just write for yourself. And on the one hand, this is really good advice because you have to get the stuff down. Like you have to get the story out there, get it, get it finished so that you at least have your zero draft or your first draft. When it becomes bad advice is when an author uses it to shirk the guidelines, we'll say. Because everybody laments about the rules, right? The writing rules. Why are you telling me? You know, why is something that can't be strictly defined? Why does it have rules? Well, 
I prefer to think of them as guidelines because the way that I look at these writing rules, these craft rules, really, because we have rules of writing. We have rules that tell us how words are supposed to be put down in sentences and in paragraphs and, and all that. So we have writing rules, which are very important, though they are flexible, especially in fiction writing. But we have guidelines that are craft guidelines because, well, they're writing and craft guidelines. But the way I look at these are if I see authors like Elmore Leonard's, that's one of my favorite lists. When I see an author that has a set of rules, I look at the rules. And and if you look at, if you take half a dozen authors and you have their rules and you look at them, you're going to see how similar they are because these authors have learned what their readers are are open to and what they're tired of and what they're absolutely not open to. So whenever I see a set of rules and whenever I make rules, it's because I have learned either through critique or through beta readers or whatever that I can't really say readers, readers yet because I don't really have any of those yet. But I have learned through my contact with other people reading my work this, this, these are the things that don't work and these are the things that I should avoid doing. And whenever I see a, a list of rules from an author, especially a best-selling author like Elmore Leonard or Margaret Atwood or, you know, <laughs> Stephen King, then what I know is these are the list of things that they have learned over time from their readers and from their community that aren't working. So too many exclamation points makes your readers feel overwhelmed. So let's not use too many of those exclamation points. Too much passive voice slows down the pacing of your story. So let's make sure we don't use too much passive voice. Using action as opposed to dialogue tags makes your pacing, it increases your pacing or it keeps it consistent. So let's make sure to use actions and beats instead of overusing dialogue tags. L-Y adverbs are annoying <laughs> in in tags and they keep in tags from being invisible. So let's not use L-Y adverbs in in tags. These are all things that these authors have learned over time and thus they have become the rules of these particular authors and it stretches across so many that it's become they've become really good guidelines to follow. If you have six authors who are super bestsellers and they're telling you the same things to avoid, then you should probably avoid doing those things and not say, well, I'm not writing for you. Because who are you writing for then? Like, if you're not writing for readers, who are you writing for? Are you writing for yourself? Are you going to buy hundreds and thousands and millions of copies of your book? No other people are going to buy it. So you can't just write for yourself. You can write for yourself to like your story enough to get it out on paper, but you have to write for other people. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is if you plan on being published. And I think that the negative way to take this advice, write for yourself, leads to authors using it as 
an excuse to thwart these writing rules or guidelines to say, well, I like to use L-Y adverbs and end tags and I don't care if you don't like them because I'm not writing for you. Or I used to say, you can have my passive voice when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. Well, that was in 2013 when I was still not a very good writer. It was passable, but it was really annoying. Now that I look back at my own writing, I'm like, oh my gosh, why did you think you were good enough? And it's because I was breaking all of these guidelines, these very important suggestions to really take into consideration when you're writing your your work. I mean, should we never use passive voice? I don't think it's I don't think it's possible to never ever use passive voice. Sometimes, maybe once <laughs> once in a book, you might need passive voice. Should we always at all costs avoid LY adverbs? I can I can say that I use them occasionally in narrative, but I do not use them as dialogue tags because that annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> but I used to. Just like I used to use other words in dialogue tags instead of said or asked. I, you know, I was reading through an, an older work the other day and uh, I de- my character demanded something. So we all learn, we all grow, and ultimately we are writing for other people. So if we say, I'm not writing for you, then we're kind of missing the point of what we're doing unless, unless we are that rare writing creature who really does not intend on publishing ever, that they really are writing for themselves and they are the only people that see their work. Those are the rarest creatures of all because what do we want as writers? I can tell you what I want as a writer. I want validation. I want eyes on my work. I want a publisher to say to me, this right here, we want to publish it because we we think it's worthy. And I think that's what a lot of us strive for. I mean, I'm not speaking for those who self-publish. I'm, I'm actually only speaking for myself, honestly. I want validation and I hope to make a little bit of money. But mostly I want to know that I am just as good as the people that I have read and admired over all these years. So um, it's, I'm not just writing for me. I'm writing for you. I'm writing for the whole world. Like I want mass love. Just give it to me. Another thing though, that interpreting this advice negatively does is it gives the writer an excuse to not listen to critique, which we all know is super important. I mean, I, it, oh, it burns me up to spend hours critiquing someone's work. And then they say, well, so-and-so told me to do it this way, so whatever. I'm not saying that I am the a tantamount writing advice, but I think that to say you spent three hours critiquing my chapter, but I'm not going to, I'm not even going to bother. That's like, you just take out your leather glove and slap me across the face because that's what you just did with your flippant words. <laughs> and I think that, some people don't get that if you have critique partners, they're writers too, and they're working just as hard as you are to make their dream come true. So when they take time out to critique your work, you should give them the respect of at least 
reading what they said and taking in what they said, even if you don't intend to use that advice. Thank them for their advice. Say, you know, this, I understand what you're saying. I can totally see what you mean. Even if you don't intend to use it, be respectful. And I, I think sometimes hiding behind write for yourself, I'm not writing for you, gives some writers an excuse to be very flippant when it comes to critiques and when it comes to writing guidelines. And I think ultimately what taking this writing advice write for yourself negatively does is it ignores what readers want because it is saying all these guidelines out here where writers are telling me this is what I have learned along the way this is what I have learned over my many best-selling titles you're gonna say I'm not writing for you but that message is also conveyed to your readers Yes, there are readers out there that will read your story just for the story's sake. But I have to believe that there are more readers out there who care about not only a good story, but a well-written story. And those are the readers that I'm writing to. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's my hope is, is that those are the readers that, that, that outnumber. <laughs> so that's, all that I have for today and I appreciate you listening if you have another viewpoint on the writing advice write for yourself do you think it's bad advice do you think it's great advice I think it's kind of a, a double-edged sort of advice but only because of interpretation if interpretation wasn't in the mix it would be great advice because you do have to you do have to love what you're writing in order to get it finished and in order to read over it 1,575,000 times to make it the best that it's supposed to be. But I think that there's a danger, especially for newer writers, to fall into the, I'm just going to say, that may, may not have realized how hard writing is. And maybe they're not looking for something to be as hard as what this is. I don't know. That's just my, that's my feeling. But sometimes I'm a little bit of an a-hole, so. <laughs> anyway, if you have a different viewpoint, I would love to hear it. You can find me, uh, well, you can comment below. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. You can DM me. You can uh, call me out in public. I don't care. Whatever you want to do, just talk to me. <laughs> So that's all that uh, we're going to talk about today or that I'm going to talk about today. I thank you for hanging out with me. I thank you for um, dealing with the sound issues that I continue to have with my computer and also my recovering voice and gasps. I do apologize for that. But thank you for sticking around and I will see you in two weeks. Take care and please keep writing.